0: On this, the fourth day of the fourth month of the year of our Lord 2022, the Washington Post is finally admitting that Hunter Biden peddled his father's influence for big bucks all around the world. Now, many people have suspected the Biden family's cash for favors scheme for many years now, but we've had irrefutable evidence of it since October 14th, 2020, when the New York Post reported on the content's of Hunter Biden's laptop hard drive, which revealed lots of degenerate sex stuff and, more damningly, lots of financial chicanery implicating not just Hunter, but his big guy father, too. When that story broke two years ago, the entire liberal establishment conspired to shut it down. I had actually forgotten until just now we posted a brief special on it outlining what was in the laptop, what it really meant, and we were called conspiracy theorists and kooks and cranks and crazy people. Turns out we were 100% correct. You know how much I hate to say I told you so, but you can find it on my YouTube channel. You were not allowed to post this sort of, this article at least, to social media. You were accused of fake news if you even talked about this thing. You could not privately message it and the papers of record all denied it. The Washington Post's fact checker reported, fact checker, quote unquote, that he had, quote, not been able to verify or authenticate these emails, said that there were fears that the emails could be part of a broader disinformation campaign by Russia. A slew of other Washington Post op-eds called the hard drive contents unverified, said they had never been authenticated, and called the whole report sketchy the rest of the establishment media did exactly the same thing. The New York Times and all the rest of them. Now, however, the Washington Post is running big headlines. Inside Hunter Biden's multi-million dollar deals with a Chinese energy company. Hunter, it turns out, made $4.8 million in retainer and consulting fees from a dodgy Chinese energy company in just 14 months. Because of his expertise in Chinese energy, I don't think so. I think more more to do with his last name. Tony Bobulinski, who's a businessman who worked with the Bidens on their business in China, has gone on the record admitting that 10% equity was being, quote, held by H Hunter for his father, the big guy. Joe Biden has been caught with his hand in the cookie jar. We are talking about an historic degree of corruption. And the most left-wing establishment papers of all of them are admitting it. The question we should be asking ourselves is why? Why are these shameless propagandists all of a sudden turning on the Democrat president? Is it because suddenly they've given up their decades of dishonesty? They've become honest newsmen overnight? Or is it because Biden's ratings are in the gutter, his presidency is a failure, and the establishment finally wants him out? Before conservatives celebrate the left's confession that they lied about the laptop and rigged the presidential election two years ago, perhaps we ought to focus on the present and ask, what are the swamp creatures up to now? I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment on Fridays from Raven Queen, who says, Being able to say a string of words without really meaning anything is an art form both Biden and Kamala have mastered. That's true. There are two kinds of politicians. There are the conviction politicians who really believe something. The things they can believe can be good or bad, doesn't matter. They're the conviction ones. And then there are the empty suit politicians like Joe Biden, like Kamala Harris. The conviction politicians, I would include Obama in that. They know what they want. So they're not just stringing meaningless words together. When they say things that that seem kind of slippery and oily, they're doing it for a rhetorical purpose. They actually want to get something done. They want to do something. The empty suit politicians, they just want to be something. They just want to have a post office named after them. They just want to get fancy honors at fancy parties and that's it. And sometimes the... Empty suit politicians are the most dangerous of them all. At least when you're dealing with an ideologue, you know what they're after. When it comes to the the blow-in-the-wind politicians, they can be the least predictable. Now, when you want to predictably protect your home, I would strongly recommend you check out Ring. Right now, go to ring.com slash Knowles. You know about Ring's video doorbell. It's amazing. You can see and speak to whoever is at your door, wherever you are in the world. You know, perhaps, about Ring's award-winning home security system, ring alarm. Now you got to go pro. You've got to go pro because when you've got the ring alarm security system, yes, you're protecting your physical home from freeze, from fire, from flood, from the bad guys. That's great. But when you go pro, you're not just protecting your physical home, you're protecting your digital home as well. You're protecting your internet usage. You're protecting your data. You're protecting all of that. And as we live more and more of our lives online, it's so much more important to protect that. CNET absolutely loves these guys. They call the Ring Alarm Pro a giant leap for home security. Go check it out right now. I'm so pleased to have teamed up with Ring. I'm so pleased to have gone pro. To learn more, go to ring.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. That is ring.com slash Knowles. I hate to bring down the mood. I hate to Stop the celebrations for a second, because it's great. I'm glad that the New York Post, or the, not, not the New York Post, that the Washington Post and the New York Times are admitting that the New York Post was correct in its reporting on Hunter Biden's laptop. I'm glad that they're admitting the conservatives were right two years ago. Great. I guess that's some validation, some affirmation. Doesn't mean a damn thing now. They already rigged the presidential election by denying this report. But okay, great. I'm glad that they're admitting that we weren't just total kooks and cranks. But please forgive me if I'm a little skeptical that they've changed their wicked ways and now they're they're honest newsmen. I don't buy it for a second. Conservatives are so guilty of this. We're so often fighting the last war. We're so often trying to relitigate the past. We're so often so focused on, on battles that the left has already won that we're not paying attention to what they're doing right now. It's like any con artist in a shell game. Any guy posted up on a street corner in New York City, you're, you're following the hand that they want you to follow. You're not seeing what that other hand is doing over there in the corner. Why are they turning on Biden? Why? Is it because they're honest? I don't think so. I think it's because Biden's not that useful to them anymore. And so the knives are coming out and maybe they're looking to get someone else in there. Back when Biden was the best bet for the left to maintain power, they all went behind him and they rigged an election for him and they censored conservatives for telling the truth and they, and they changed the election rules and they did everything they could. They did everything they could to give an advantage to Joe Biden. Now that he's no longer the one, I don't know, maybe they're going to look somewhere else. Maybe they're going to look at Kamala. Maybe they're going to look at Pete Buttigieg. These things, generally speaking, do not happen by accident. And now, the, and it's not just the newspapers. Now, social media will let you post about the Hunter Biden laptop. Now, some, some politi- Democrat politicians are maybe willing to start talking about it because Biden is a failure. They're admitting that he's corrupt. And they already know that the guys is, the lights are on, but nobody's home. Joe Biden was just giving a speech discussing uh, his wife and discussing Michelle Obama and talking about when one of them was the vice president.
1: And I'm deeply proud of the work she's doing as first lady with joining forces initiative. She started with Michelle Obama when she was vice president and now carries on.
0: And, and Michelle was in, in the who and the what and the where am I now. It's unclear from Biden's remarks if he was calling Jill Biden, excuse me, Dr. Jill Biden, if, if he was calling Dr. Jill Biden the vice President, or if he was calling Michelle Obama the president or the vice President, either way, of course, neither of them were the vice president, or if he was just getting confused, because he was the vice president and Jill was the second lady, and now she's the first lady, he, his pistons are not firing the way that they're supposed to be he's slurring his words, he's dropping the definite articles, and I'm proud what she's done, joint commission on the, he's just not with it. So he's reciting the talking points of the radical left as best he can. On Transgender Day of Visibility, Joe Biden put out a scripted, pre-recorded, highly produced video where he was obviously reading off a teleprompter. They could have as many takes as they wanted. They could go into the editing room, do the best that they possibly could. And even then, it sounded like he was half asleep.
1: To everyone celebrating Transgender Day of Visibility, I want you to know that your president sees you. Jill, Kamala, Doug, our entire administration sees you for who you are, made in the image of God and deserving of dignity, respect, and support. But we know it's hard when there are those out there who don't see you and don't respect you. For example, the onslaught of anti-transgender state laws attacking you and your families is simply wrong. This administration is standing up for you against all these hateful bills. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom, on the playing field, at work, in our military, in our housing and healthcare systems, everywhere, simply everywhere, to parents of transgender children Affirming your child's identity is one of the most powerful things you can do to keep them safe and healthy. To any transgender American who's struggling, please know that you're not alone. To parents and children alike,
0: please ask for help. What's funny about his comments is that if if you didn't know the context, if I didn't know the context, I would say I totally agree with what he said. He says, that transgender children are made in the image of God. Yes, of course that's true. And affirming your child's sex is one of the most important things you can do to keep your child safe and healthy. That's true. The problem is that the words don't mean what Joe Biden is pretending that they mean. When Joe Biden says affirm your child's sex, he's saying pretend that your boy is a girl. He's he's actually saying you should deny your child's sex and, and go along with your child's delusion if your child is a boy who thinks that he's a girl. When he says that children are made in the image of God, he's evoking a Christian understanding of sex. Well, in the beginning God created man both male and female he created he them. So he he's taking this Christian understanding and completely flipping it on its head. And you know that because of that middle part where he says, we need to put, affirm transgenderism. We need transgenderism everywhere. Not just in the corporations, not just in the government. We need it in the schools. We need it in the elementary schools. So he's, he's gone all the way on this. I'm sure he didn't write a word of it. He probably doesn't know what any of it means. He's slurring his words. It's, it's doubtful that he's even more than half awake while he's reading this. But he's articulating an extremely radical view of sex, which is not popular. The majority of, vast majority of Americans oppose this stuff, including the majority of Democrats, oppose peddling transgenderism in schools. This is what I mean by the dangers of the empty suit politician. He'll just do whatever he thinks will benefit him. He's obviously getting pretty bad advice right now. And he's not all with it. It does not appear that he's the one calling the shots. Some people believe This is evidence that Joe Biden should be booted from office using the 25th Amendment because he's just not all there. I actually think the conclusion should be the opposite of that. I think it's an even darker conclusion (laughs) about the state of our government. One thing we do know is Joe Biden needs to go lie down and have a good nap, a good sleep. And when you want a beautiful, beautiful bed to lie down on, I would strongly recommend Thuma. Right now, go to thuma.co slash Knowles your bedroom deserves a refresh. Your room, your home really matters. A lot of people don't think about it, especially guys, but when you are in a place, either that place is going to slightly elevate your spirits or it's going to slightly lower your spirits, okay? And you're probably not even going to be conscious of it. So help elevate your spirits. Right now, go check out The Bed by Thuma handcrafted from eco-friendly, high-quality upcycled wood. You will find beautiful, unique variations in the natural grain. They have a minimalist design, features Japanese joinery. Uh, It will be super supportive for your mattress. It's breathable, made to naturally minimize noise and create space. It's made for how you live. The bed by Thuma is backed with a lifetime warranty, ships right to your door in three easy to maneuver boxes, takes about five-ish minutes to assemble. With no tools required, you can do it all by yourself. Along with the bed, Thuma offers all sorts of other bedroom essentials. The nightstand, the side table, the tray are perfect compliments. Create that feeling of checking into your favorite boutique hotel suite, but at home with the bed by Thuma. Go to thuma.co slash Knowles and use code Knowles to receive a $25 credit toward your purchase of the bed, plus free shipping in the continental US. That's thuma.co slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. Enter Knowles at checkout for a $25 credit thuma.co slash Knowles, enter code Knowles. The former White House physician to Barack Obama, Ronnie Jackson, has come out and said Joe Biden's got to resign. His cognitive decline is too much. He says, quote, Biden is unable to articulate the major foreign policy objectives of his administration. Every time he tries, the White House swoops in to correct what he said. He has no idea what's going on. His cognitive decline is too much time to resign. That's not my conclusion. Uh, it's sad to say But when I look at Joe Biden, I don't think, wow, this is evidence that our president is so far gone that he has to resign because it's so important who the president is. My conclusion is that it doesn't really matter who the president is because the government is kind of running in the same crappy way that the liberal establishment has been running it every time they amass a sufficient amount of power. And frankly, even when there's a Republican president, the liberal establishment, the deep state, the administrative state, the executive agencies, the places where our, our laws are actually made and our government actually works, they still were basically running the show and Trump would throw a wrench into the gears every so often, but they still had almost all of the power. So yes, Joe Biden's head is made of pudding at this point. He doesn't know which end is up. He doesn't know what day it is. Sure, but it doesn't really matter because it doesn't seem like he's the one who's really running the government. I don't think he's writing the speeches. I don't think he's thinking about the policies all that much. And I don't think that he's the one actually putting them into effect. And I'm not saying that there's some small oligarchic cabal of reptile monsters somewhere in a layer underground that's really calling the shots. It's even more depressing than that. The way our government is run is kind of just by this blob It doesn't seem like anyone is really in charge. It's just this alphabet agency does this and that alphabet agency does that. And then the corporations push the propaganda lines of the administration. And the university is, is on board with that as well. And the media are pushing their line. And it's all working in concert, but you can't quite put your finger on it. It's just the blob. It's just the liberal establishment. It's the scariest part of all. Because if, if Joe Biden were running the government, I'd say, great, impeach him. And then we can get rid of him. And then we can do something. And we can take control. Then we can win back the House in 2022. And then we can win the presidency in 2024. But it's much harder than that. How do you, how do you impeach Disney? How do you impeach Google? How do you impeach the FDA? How do you, you can't, it's, and it's all, how do you impeach Yale? It's just all working in concert. And that's the real constitution, right? That's the real lowercase C constitution that runs our country. Yes. Would I like to get rid of Biden? Sure. He's, he is a bad president. He is the worst president of my lifetime. But that won't even come close to solving the problem. Frankly, it'll probably make the problem worse because we're going to get the one person in America who's got a lower approval rating than Joe Biden. And that would be Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris was just asked about the Biden policy suggestion that we need regime change in Russia. Remember, Biden went off script. He said, we've got to kick Putin out of power. And then the blob went into its effect and said, no, he didn't really mean that. And then Biden, because he doesn't believe a damn thing, said, no, yeah, you're right, I didn't really mean that. <laughs> so, so, But he still called for regime change in Russia. Now, Kamala was asked about this, and her answer was indecipherable. He said that Vladimir Putin um, should no longer be the leader of Russia.
2: Do you agree? Listen, I think that you you framed the point quite accurately and well, which is, America's policy has been and will continue to be focused on the real issue at hand, which is one, the needs of the Ukrainian people, which we will continue to support through humanitarian assistance, through security assistance, but also ensuring that there's going to be serious consequence for Vladimir Putin and Russian aggression as it relates to Ukraine, which is why our policy from the beginning has been about ensuring that there are going to be real costs exacted against Russia in the form of severe sanctions, which we know are having a real impact and an immediate impact, not to mention the the longer term impact, um, which is about saying there's going to be consequence and accountability.
0: Did anyone listening find an answer to the straightforward yes or no question anywhere in that word salad. Because I did not. You know, I I try to keep a bong under my desk to make it easier to decipher what Kamala Harris has to say. I thought I could make it without a, a hit of that Haitian oregano this time, and I, I could not. But and I doubt I could understand what she meant, even if I had ripped some of that Peruvian parsley. Because it doesn't mean anything. She was just filibustering. This is another problem with, with the, the empty suit politicians who just want to be something. They don't have a clear policy. She does, Forget that she's got a flack for Joe Biden. She doesn't have a clear policy view herself. And so she just fills up time. It's like when you're in school and you're assigned a five-page paper. You got to write a five-page paper on some topic. If you are really engaged in the class you 're going to think gosh it's it 's going to be hard not to write six or seven pages because I know exactly what I want to say God, how am I going to trim it down so I can fit my thesis into just five pages and if you 're just kind of going along and you have to take the class and you 're not that interested in it, but you want to get a good grade and go to good i don 't know good college or good graduate school, then you think okay how am i going how am I going to fill up all those words on the, uh, the the the, con- the conviction people think. How can I perfectly, precisely say exactly what I want to persuade people? And the empty suit politicians think, how do I fill up my word count? Well, that's Kamala Harris. She's, the, she's, like, she's like Joe Biden, except somehow less impressive. Isn't that amazing? At least Joe Biden's lasted in Washington a long time. Kamala Harris has been around for exactly five minutes. She's extremely unpopular. She has been able to work the levers of power behind the scenes to some degree, but I, I do not want to impeach Joe Biden. I do not want to remove him with the 25th Amendment. I do not want that woman in charge. And frankly, whoever's technically running the show, the liberal blob is going to keep governing in the same crappy way. Kamala's answer here, not particularly excellent. There is an award for excellence that is going around. There are all sorts of awards for excellence in, in our schools, in college, high school, middle school and elementary school. You remember that. But now the awards are changing a little bit. There's an award at a Minnesota middle school, and this is not the only school that's doing this, that offers an award for black excellence. So I would not be eligible for this, even though I am somewhat swarthy. I don't think I quite make it far enough down the line on the swatches to to count for black excellence. So you're excluding most of the school. If it's Minnesota, you're definitely excluding most of the school because uh, it's a pretty white state. The uh, libs of TikTok posted this picture and said, this is extremely racist. And it's true. I get why this award is offensive to white people because you're saying we're not, you're not even eligible for this award. So that is offensive in a way. But it strikes me that this award is much more offensive to black people. The award is for positive school attendance, uh, r- uh, reading academic growth on the fast test, extracurricular participation, really basic stuff. And the premise of this award is that it is unusual and noteworthy when black students do something that is excellent. The premise of this award is, hey, good job, black student. You've done the stuff that we expect of every other student. That strikes me as pretty offensive, much more offensive to black people than it would be toward white people. That, but that is what the left is saying. You're you're seeing this argued everywhere, not just at the level of schools, but at the level of government and the law as well. Rashida Tlaib, the George Harrison of the squad, has just come out and said that drug laws, anti-drug laws, are an intentionally anti-black political project.
2: The war on drugs was designed as a project to target our black and brown communities. And the obvious racial disparities
0: in enforcement show us that it still is, at its core, an effort targeting communities of color through over-policing, criminalization, and mass incarceration.
2: The MORE Act will increase access to federal benefits and establish a fund to redirect resources into communities harmed by the war on drugs. This is a good start on the road to repairing the damage, but we still have work to do. We must be bold. Our goal must be to end countries militarized, quote, jail first, ask questions later approach to addiction and to stop trying to solve social problems with more criminalization. I strongly encourage my colleagues to support the More Act. This is a common sense bill.
0: On the one hand, this is offensive to white people because like a lot of these racial identity politics campaigns being pushed by the left. They're saying that non-white people should get special treatment and uh, should be given particular consideration. And white people should not be given special treatment or, or given special consideration. But on the other hand, it seems much more offensive to black people to say, look, when we, when we implemented anti-drug laws, that was clearly a, a campaign against black and brown people because blacks can't help but do drugs. What, are you going to tell black people not to do illegal drugs? It's impossible. They need them. They love them. They can't resist. They have no will of their own. That's what Rashida Tlaib is saying strikes me as much more offensive what has been called the soft bigotry. Of low expectations, and it and it's so it's harmful for everybody. It's harmful for white people to have laws that and and a, a political culture in which white people are the only people that can be disadvantaged or discriminated against or insulted. That is actually bad for white people, but it's bad for everybody to so reduce the the expectations of other racial groups, in particular black people, to say, of course you can't help but do crack. So we're going to let you do that on the street. We're going to let you do cr- crack on the street and do lots of drugs and commit lots of crimes and we're going to give you the special, wonderful consideration to do that without getting arrested because of the color of your skin. We're going to let you live in squalor and destroy your life because of the color of, of your skin. doesn't seem particularly generous or charitable or, or just to me. We're living in a time of crazy political chaos, which is why you want to put your assets in something tangible. That's why you got to check out Birch Gold. Text Knowles right now, do not wait, to 989898. When inflation is at 7%, like it is now, thanks to Joe Biden's stupid economic policies, that paper money in your wallet is losing value fast. And Russia's full-on invasion of Ukraine has worsened the market's decline. Today, an ounce of gold is worth 1,900 bucks. It was worth about 300 bucks an ounce in 2000. I've been telling you for years that you can buy gold from Birch Gold, it is a great hedge against inflation. Well, did you know there's another way to hedge against inflation? That is silver. Silver and gold, silver and gold. Silver is also considered real money. Historically speaking, it is extremely undervalued right now. It's an industrial metal that is in high demand for everything from electric cars to solar panels. Demand is only going to rise. Some analysts think there is an unusual dislocation in price that may present real opportunities for silver to rally over the next two years. It's never going to be worth zero. Right now, you can buy gold or silver, put it into a tax-sheltered account. If you want your free info kit on how to do it, text Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to 989898. No obligation to get this info. Text Knowles to 989898. You may have heard about the leaked Disney LGBT agenda last week. You may have heard about it on this show where we, we talked about it a lot. Well, the god king of The Daily Wire, Jeremy Boring, announced a $100 million investment into DW kids. We are putting out kids content because you can't take your kids to Disney parks anymore. You can't show your kids Disney content anymore because the Disney executives have said said that they're going to push radical transgenderism, radical sexual ideologies in their content. We've already hired the VeggieTales writers to help create our first two children's shows, Chilla Time, about a family of homeschooled chinchillas, Uh, Doodles with Noodles that centers on a man and his puppet giving drawing lessons. And because in order to change the culture, you got to make the culture, Daily Wire is making the culture. We need your help to do it. Please go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code BUILDTHEFUTURE for 45% off your membership. We'll be right back with a lot more. There is some good news in the racial politics front that is coming specifically out of the courts. Uh, California, a few years ago, uh, put forward a corporate racial diversity law. This was signed by Gavin Newsom in just back in 2020s, so only two years ago. Uh, it. Uh, required that publicly traded companies that were headquartered in California have at least one member of their executive boards from an underrepresented community. And the underrepresented communities include African Americans, Latinos, Asians, Native Americans, members of the LGBT community, on and on and on. So the underrepresented community that had to get special treatment to be represented on the board is just anyone but white people. <laughs> That's, that was the law. You, on your boards, just have add anyone who isn't a white person. And this started with just one person, and then by the end of 2021, after 2021, then it had to be two people, and then it kept going up, and it was a, a gradual kind of law. A judge in LA County's Superior Court just struck this down. The case was brought by Judicial Watch, and the, the judge just struck it down. The judge did not explain the court's ruling, but said that the, the rule was illegal, that you couldn't do this sort of thing. Uh, that's good news. If if corporations want to add members of unrepresented, underrepresented groups to their boards, that's a fine thing. And that has happened naturally, and that's fine if they want to do it. But to rig the law, as has increasingly been done, to create a caste system based on race to make up for some perceived wrong in the past, either real or imagined, that is a very bad idea. And it will not make any of the racial problems in America or any of our broader political problems better. It will only make them worse. That was good news. Even better news coming out of a court uh, in Ohio. An appellate court just upheld a decision to award Gibson's Bakery millions and millions of dollars after Oberlin College smeared them as racist, I wrote about this story in my book, Speechless: Controlling Words, Controlling Minds. Hasn't gotten a ton of play, but there was a little bakery near the Oberlin campus. It's called Gibson's Bakery. It sold baked goods and some other things, you know, it sold kind of little groceries, and it sold liquor. There was a group of uh, black students who went into the, the Gibson's Bakery. And in their telling of the story, were followed around and discriminated against and asked to leave because of the color of their skin. White supremacy, alive and well in Ohio, anti-black discrimination. The school ran with this story. Oberlin ran with this story, encouraged protests, encouraged boycotts, destroyed this business. But the, the business did not discriminate against these kids based on their race. The students were trying to steal liquor. That's what, the business, which followed them around and then, accused, and then kicked them out of the store for trying to steal liquor, the business was totally right. And the kids played the race card and accused the, the bakery owners of racism, which is the worst thing you can be accused of in modern America. And then the school, using the huge weight of the school, destroyed this business. And the owners of this business have since died. They brought a lawsuit, but they've since died. It ruined their lives. <laughs> It ruined their livelihood and their business, and now this appeals court has upheld a $25 million verdict against Oberlin. Good. I love it. The only way that you are going to change this hideous culture of of racial grievance is to make the elites pay. And it's not just making the government pay, and it's not just making the politicians pay. It's not even just making the corporations pay. It's making the universities pay. It's making the press pay. It's making the the establishment media pay. It's all of those dispersed, decentralized power centers that allow the left to run the entire country. They've all got to pay. Ideally, millions and millions of dollars, as we're seeing in this verdict out of Ohio. Really great news. They are not going to let up on their own. They're actually, the liberal establishment is getting much more ambitious and much more aggressive. There's a nurse at a school, middle school in uh, Connecticut, who was just suspended after she revealed that one of her 11-year-old students was being put on puberty blockers against the parents' will. She said there was an 11-year-old student on puberty blockers and that other students identified as non-binary, so neither male nor female, without their parents being informed. This woman's name is Kathleen Catterford, 77 years old, was suspended from the Hartford Public Schools after exposing this, her exact words. As a public school nurse, I have an 11-year-old female student on puberty blockers, a dozen identifying as non-binary, all but two keeping this as a secret from their parents with the help of teachers, social workers, and the school administration. Teachers and social workers are spending 37 and a half hours a week influencing our children, not necessarily teaching our children what you think is being taught. She went on to say, children are introduced to this confusion in kindergarten by the school social worker who teaches, teaches, quote unquote, social and emotional regulation and school expectations. That's happening in the Hartford public schools. Are you a resident of Hartford? Are you a taxpayer in Hartford or in Connecticut? You should probably call up your school board. You should probably call up your members of Congress, your state representatives and your governor and say that you don't want this crap in their schools. If it's possible to bring suit If you're a parent, for instance, in this district, and it's possible to bring a lawsuit against the school district, you most certainly should. You should probably name specific administrators, the principal, the superintendent. You need to hit them where it hurts, which is the purse, which is the budget, which is the money, which is their power. That's where you've got to hit them. This woman deserves an award. Kathleen Catterford, give her the Michael Knowles Show Award for professional courage. So often people write into the show, they say, Michael, how do I speak up at my office without suffering any repercussions? Michael, how how do I speak up in the classroom without getting a worse grade? You can. Everything in this life has costs. And this woman is standing up for what is right. In, In an example of something that is so clearly right, preventing little kids from being sexually mutilated by perverts and idiots and radicals in their elementary and middle schools. She's standing up for something that's totally right, and she's going to suffer professional consequences. She's already been suspended. She's probably going to be fired. Doesn't matter. She stood up for what's right. I'm not saying you've got to go out there and destroy your job. You need to be wise as a serpent and innocent as a dove, but we've got to push back. The vast majority of Americans don't think that 11-year-olds should be transed against their parents' will. Okay? The vast, the majority of Democrats don't, don't think that that should happen. But the sickos who, who are in power right now, the, the corrupt, stupid people who are in, the really subpar people who are running the show right now, all do believe that. And, and we still have some political power in this country. And we've got to say, no, look at what's happening in Florida. Florida passes a law. They say you can't trans the kindergartners and everyone's up in arms. There's, a, there's a, an article that, sh- that just came out on NBC News. It says, I cannot teach in Florida. LGBTQ educators feel fear fallout from new school law Following the enactment of what critics call the don't say gay law some LGBTQ teachers have quit the profession altogether Great <laughs> That sounds like is that a problem or is that a solution That seems to me kind of more like a solution Because by the way when they say LGBTQ educators they're not talking about the man who maybe he has Divergent sexual desires or even behavior, but he just keeps it quiet. He doesn't bring it into the classroom. He doesn't have a rainbow flag in his classroom. He just he keeps his private life actually out of the classroom and he teaches kids reading, writing and arithmetic, or more likely you know musical theater or something like that. It, they're not talking about those teachers. Those teachers wouldn't be a problem, would they? No, teachers who aren't indoctrinating kids into weird sex stuff, they're not the problem. The problem, For this law are the teachers who are indoctrinating kids into weird sex stuff of any kind. Those are the only teachers who are going to have an issue with the law, and those are the teachers who are running away from Florida, and that's a great thing. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You can't teach in Florida. Good. You shouldn't teach anywhere. You should have your licenses suspended if you're in a place that requires a teaching license. You shouldn't be within 100 yards of children. Good. Great stuff. Love that. Problem solution. The left is really going into overdrive on sexualizing the kids. And they're doing this, I don't think they're doing it just because they're pedos or something like that. You'll hear some more excitable conservatives say, well, it's just because they're all pedos. I don't think that's the case. Maybe some of them are, but I, I don't think that's actually why. I think the reason is they realize that sex is an extremely important drive in human nature. They know that education is about shaping the entire person, and they want to create a whole generation of, young, of radicals. So they know if we can not only shape the way kids think about history, shape the way kids think about literature, but shape the way that kids think and feel and desire sex, why, then we've got them. That's what this is about. And I'm not just uh, you know, imagining this out of the blue. This is a program that has been laid out by prominent left-wing intellectuals for more than 100 years. You can read about it in my book, Speechless Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, which is coming out in pre-order, by the way, or in, in paperback, rather, in uh, June, number one national bestseller. So that's what they're pushing. They're now pushing this not just in the classrooms, but in the movies. That's what the whole Daily Wire kids business is about, is in response to not just Disney, but but corporations like Disney, which are pushing this stuff. Disney Pixar has just announced that they are going to reinsert a same-sex kiss scene in the Buzz Lightyear movie, In response to the Florida Parental Rights and Education Law. They had made this movie, uh, Buzz Lightyear, I guess it's Toy Story 5. And they had included, at some point, a gay kiss scene. And they realized, wait, we don't need a gay kiss scene in a movie about toys for kids. So they took it out. And then all of the employees at Disney threw a big fit because the kindergarten teachers aren't allowed to trans the kids anymore in Florida. And Disney didn't push back enough. And now they've reinserted the scene. But I don't think it goes nearly far enough. Unless we get an extended S and sequence between Mr. Potato Head and the Slinky Dog, then Pixar is simply not an ally. Okay, if you're going to do it, do it. Or how dare you? No lukewarm gay kisses. We need whips and chains. We need Fifty Shades of of Little Bo Peep in here. Okay, otherwise that's not nearly enough. This is sick. This is sick stuff that you would intentionally fill up a kid's movie with radical sexual agendas. So now, my kid can't go see Buzz Lightyear. Frankly, not even because of one scene of this or that, but because we know that there is this agenda to radically restructure the way that kids think about sex because the Disney executives admitted it on camera. That's that's on one level. And then on, frankly, even a deeper level, you know that the movie's not gonna be as good. You know the movie is not going to be as good as the original Toy Story, for instance, or as lots of other movies. The the reason woke movies are not as good as old movies is because old movies are dealing with eternal questions of human nature. Really, I don't just mean any old movie. I mean classic movies, movies that have stood the test of time, are dealing with human nature. And woke movies are, are seeking to upend human nature. That's the woke radical program. So classical stories involve princes wooing princesses. And new woke stories involve butch, trans, lesbian princesses who hate princes, who go out and fight ogres or something. Something that has nothing to do with human nature, okay? That's actually just a a finger in the eye of of our traditional experience of the world. People are noticing that we're pushing back on this. How is Daily Wire, which is a big company, we're a $100 million company or a little more than that now. How are we going to push back against companies that are worth hundreds of billions of dollars. Well, because those companies that are worth hundreds of billions of dollars are telling half of America to pound sand. And the Daily Wire is willing to invest enough money to make good, high quality content. And that that means that you've got hundreds of billions of dollars worth of lots and lots and lots of companies. It's not just Disney, right? It's, It's Disney. It's all the other five or six Hollywood studios. It's all of the other much smaller independent studios. It's all of the TV networks and the Netflix and the Amazon and all of it together is splitting up now less than half of the country, which supports this stuff. And then Daily Wire has got this open runway to provide just normal, good content. That's not pedantic. That's not didactic. It's just offering normal stuff to people who don't want their kids to be trans when they're four years old. That is a great opportunity and conservatives need to seize it. And I'm so thrilled that the Daily Wire is seizing it and the left is noticing. For a long time, the libs just ignored what we were doing over here. Not so much anymore. The Daily Wire has made it. We have made it because we were the butt of a joke on Saturday Night Live on Saturday. The conservative media organization, The Daily Wire, said they'll spend $100 million to create children's programming to counter woke media companies. Programs will include Clifford, the big straight dog, and Canto, but in English. And one fish, two fish, that's how many fish genders there are. The reason I say that Daily Wire has made it after this joke on SNL is not because we are seeking the approval of Saturday Night Live. Obviously, we're not seeking the approval of Saturday Night Live, and we're not getting it. They're making a joke about us. But the jokes that they made about us, were not they were not exactly mean-spirited jokes. They were jokes about the actual controversy. They were jokes about the content. And the people were laughing. One fish, two fish, that's how many fish genders there are. <laughs> the vast majority of people know that there are only two genders. The joke is that. The, in many ways, that joke is a joke about the woke companies that have gone too far. Yes, they're dinging us, but it's really about, frankly, I think the deeper issue, especially on that final punchline, is that the woke companies have obviously gone too far. And there's a huge pushback against this from the majority of Americans. There's a line that's wrongly attributed to Gandhi, but Gandhi didn't didn't say it. I think it was actually a union worker who said it back in the early 20th century. Yes, it is actually. Nicholas Klein, a trade union activist, said in 1918, first they ignore you, then they ridicule you, then they attack you and want to burn you, and then they build monuments to you. And he said this uh, to the Amalgamated Clothing Workers of America Convention. You, you hear politicians on both sides of the aisle use it. For a long time, the libs just ignored what we conservatives were doing in the culture. And Daily Wire has definitely taken a leading role in this, but there are lots. There are other groups that have done this as well. And, and the libs ignored it. Now we've moved on to the next stage, which is they're mocking it. They're mocking it because they can't ignore it anymore. And they can't ignore it anymore because the blob, those liberal institutions of power that govern us from Hollywood, from the classrooms, from all over the place, from big tech, they have lost the common sense. I mention this also in my book, Speechless. One of the really genius intellectual figures on the left, a man named Antonio Gramsci, said the reason that left-wing, specifically Marxist revolutions, weren't working is because in order for a revolution to work, you need to have the common sense. The the reason communist revolutions didn't work very well in the 19th century is because the proletariat didn't want to be freed from their chains. The workers of the world didn't want to come together and unite and overthrow all of their traditions. They actually liked their traditions. They liked their customs. They liked all those things much more than they liked the kooky theories of the left. And so Gramsci said, no, you've got to get into the culture. You've got to conquer the culture. You've got to grab a hold of the common sense, which they did for a while. And and the left did a pretty good job of making conservatives seem super duper fringy. No more. No more. Florida is the perfect example of this. Terry McAuliffe running in Virginia is the perfect example of this. He tried a lot. Terry McAuliffe in Virginia, or not Terry McAuliffe, Glenn Youngkin rather, who beat Terry McAuliffe. Glenn Youngkin, tried a lot of different themes for his campaign. We're going to cut taxes. We're going to deregulate. And that, none of that was working. And then he said, hey, we're not going to trans your kids in school. Boom, he wins, even in a blue state. Ron DeSantis. The libs have tried everything to make that guy seem like a radical, to make him seem like a fringe figure. They, they just expressly lied about the law in Florida. They called it the don't say gay bill. They pushed that through all of their media organs. Still didn't work. The majority of Americans still support the bill. It's The way to understand transgenderism, I made this argument during my speech at Washburn, which if you missed it, it it, it was really wonderful to be at Washburn University. We had a capacity room. They actually added 50 more chairs to the room just to try to squeeze people in. Uh, But there were 200 people who were turned away at the door. It was a really, really great event. The thesis of my speech was that transgenderism needs to be rejected entirely and that it doesn't make any sense on the biological level, on the psychological level, and on the theological level that transgenderism is actually a religious movement that draws on themes of Gnostic dualism. And I laid out my argument for that. And the libs will tell you, you're crazy, you're insane. It's not a religious movement at all. Transgenderism, it's not religious, it's purely biological. And then they post videos like this
1: hi everyone i
2: just wanted to get on here to say happy visibility day to my trans queer and non-binary family <sighs> i feel so honored to be able to celebrate this day my name is lavender lou um in my mid-20s i am currently you know, posted up in some stolen Multnomah lands. Um, I identify as Two-Spirit and my relationship with my divine masculine and my divine feminine are very omnipresent every single day. I have very much an embodiment of male and female energy that doesn't sway. To all my other trans family, I want you to know that I see you, that I love you, that this universe is undergoing an immense reconstruction right now, but that we've got this.
0: So take that, Christians. Take that, you Bible thumpers. Get your religion out of my scientific transgenderism movement in which I am a two-spirit with my divine masculine and my divine feminine energy, because the energy, man, the energy's moving in the universe. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius, because that's science, right? You saw that did you see the two spirits under the microscope did you did you see the divine masculine through the telescope in the no probably you didn't it's obviously a religious movement this is where conservatives go a little wrong too because well some we use this phrase biological male i get we practically people do it because if we don't bend the knee in any way to transgenderism, the libs can just completely kick us out of the public square, shut down, for all intents and purposes, shut down conservative outlets, kick us off of social media. Tactically, I get why sometimes people use it, but it's dumb. It's it's not going to work. It concedes the premise of transgenderism, that you can be biologically male, but psychologically female or something like that. And moreover, when we try to argue against transgenderism from the perspective of science, we completely lose the argument because it is not in any way a scientific movement. It's a a movement about the relationship of the soul to the body, about two spirits and divine masculine. And you know what I'm talking about, man? So good. Apply the rigor of theology to it. Theology is faith-seeking understanding. Theology isn't some made-up fantastical nonsense. Quite the opposite, actually. Theology takes Made up fantastical nonsense and applies logic and applies rigor to it and says, okay, if we're thinking, just as in science, you, there are lots of superstitions in science, and then you apply rigorous examination to discard the superstitions about the physical world and figure out what's really going on, so too that's what theology does to the metaphysical world. And if you don't, if you're not willing to use that ex- express kind of language, then you're going to end up in the gobbledygook of two spirits and Divine masculine and and the energy, man. You're going to end up sounding like Joe Biden and nobody wants to do that. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, John Bickley here, Daily Wire editor in chief. Wake up every morning with our show, Morning Wire, where we bring you all the news that you need to know in 15 minutes or less. Join me and my co-host Georgia Howe for daily coverage of all the biggest stories on Morning Wire.